So, it's true then. Mother... Put her in a cell. She'll be held for trial. Mother? We need to talk. The Dark Saber. Skateers, and welcome back to Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast here on the Random Chatter Network. I am your host, Spectre 7, and joining me back at the table are Spectres 8 and 9. Welcome back, guys. Hey. Thanks. It's been a while. It feels like it has been forever, right? Well, what a heck of an episode to come back to. You know, kind of feels like we got the end of our two-parter. Not really a two-parter, though, but legacy of mandalore like it was a pretty good welcome back to the season i thought uh the description of for the episode sabine brings the dark saber to her mother hoping to recruit clan ren to the rebel claws and unite mandalore so i thought it was kind of interesting that she wasn't from mandalore itself you know that it turned out that sabine's home planet is a planet called uh Kronest. Like, which is literally a crow's nest. Right. Is mm-hmm. how it's spelled. But what were your thoughts of it? Like, how different, like, on how different it was from Mandalorian? Like, Lindsay being our resident Mandalorian Fandalorian. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I liked the episode. I liked the difference in, like, how icy it was. And it didn't seem like there wasn't, um, it obviously wasn't metropolitan. Um, I, we didn't get to see a lot of the planet itself but from what we could see there was only the the one structure the one stronghold and it was all glass and stuff which i thought was really interesting it was all glass and very modern it reminded me a lot of uh oh that one really uh famous modern architect that has that one house that's all glass that's like built with waterfalls that i can't think of his name right now that's gonna bother me Hmm. uh i'll pull it up while we're all talking but yeah i I, I know what you're talking about though like um it it was very like kind of one of those like deco houses like you'd find out here in palm springs you know what i mean uh i remember it's reminded me of falling water uh frank lloyd wright it reminded me a lot of frank lloyd wright house like the way that it was just very glass very glass and uh square structures and the way Mm. that it overlooked that big lake and it was very pastoral, which I thought was very interesting. I kind of like the glass uh, open, which is very different from kind of the hard lines in Mandalore. See, I felt like the settings also kind of added to what's happened to Clan Ren. Uh, so it was very cold, very isolated almost. Um, so it, it felt like it added to, I guess, the tension in that family, which was pretty cool. Well, yeah, as we learned in uh, Rebels Recon, like Clan Ren has kind of been on the outskirts. They've kind of become the outcasts of the Mandalorian society. Like they used to have this standing, which I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. And that really kind of came across by how alone they were on Kronos. 
Yeah, and then I, I think the other thing they added to the uh, episode, which I, I've never heard, was uh, the actual language, uh, Mandoa. Uh, Mandoa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first time we've actually ever heard it spoken, I think. I don't think because we... I don't think we ever got it in actual Clone Wars when we were on Mandalore. Uh, yeah, I think you're correct. Yeah, but it was pretty pretty neat to hear it actually spoken. Yeah, uh, I really liked that. It was really nice to hear it. What did you What did you think it sounded like, Ernie? I think you said it sounded a little Hawaiian. Yeah, it kind of did, and um, so basically, it's an apostrophe and then like a, a hard letter right after. So Mando. You know, uh, so it reminded me a lot of like Hawaiian language, uh, even like the, the rhythm of it, the way it was spoken. And uh, the only reason why I know that is because my wife is Hawaiian. So uh, it uh, kind of reminded me of could that. You, could it be I, like, just that whole Polynesian, Polynesian kind of culture? Because uh, as we know, Timur Morrison, Django Fett is uh, Maori. Yeah, it's yeah, Maori. It's, Maori. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, I agree with. I completely agree with Ernie on this. Um, I was raised in Hawaii. Um, I used to, um, I was took secondary language classes in Hawaiian (laughs) as well. And it has a lot of Polynesian, uh, Hawaiian Polynesian. uh, It it seemed to have some influences in that. And I picked that up too. So you're, you're definitely not alone in picking that up. Like I, I really noticed it. And especially with the way that even kind of, the way that her family looked because we've always seen what Sabine looked like and she's always dyed her hair and all of that. And she's always been kind of nondescript minority, mm-hmm. but seeing the rest of her family, well, you know, like, like I was, in the language. Yeah. It, so even like the, the Maori, the Hawaiians, uh, the Samoans, um, we look at them as ancient warriors. The language itself is really ancient. So it, it adds a little more depth to uh, the Mandalorians because from what we're hearing, Mandalorians are warriors. And so I, I think it's just a cool tie in for them to, to for Mandoa to, to really sound Polynesian. Uh, so it just adds another length of almost realism from our, our point of view in, in our world and then have this this sci-fi fantasy world uh, kind of mirror that a little bit. So I mean, I'm I've said it before. I I want to know more about Mandalore. Any anytime there's an episode on like their their culture or anything like that, like I'm I'm all about it. You no, know, same. Like they're they feel like they're probably one of the most fleshed out cultures we've seen in the game or in the on the saga, like. It's it's really weird, like that these would be like because you consider like it started from Boba Fett, you know, who was literally just this one-off character kind of with no background, and he he was supposed to be so mysterious, and now like his culture is probably the most fleshed-out thing in Star Wars. Going back to Rebels Recon, like David uh, Dave Filoni mentions that. Like he spent a lot of time developing, like their backstories and things like that. So it, it's really, I, I think it's really cool, you know. No, I completely agree. I, I really like it, and we've always seen, especially with what happened in Clone Wars and stuff. We've always seen kind of the higher ups 
the higher we saw a lot of the hierarchy of what was going on in the you know in the main Mandalorian culture during the chaos of the you know the empire rising but we never saw what was going on with the smaller clans and so this was a chance to check in with a smaller clan and see what was going on which i liked it was cool to find out too that there's thousands of planets that are part of mandalore uh which i think they said on rebels recon that Mm -hmm. was i mean i feel like that's a holdover from the from legends though like you were you were Mandalorian because like you were basically conquered and they just adopted you into their society. Like Mandalorians were kind of jerks, but to hear that there's like so many systems in like Mandalore space, like are the people like on these thousands of different worlds are they all human like on Mandalore or are are they different species like in the old legends like? it's fascinating to kind of think about and i guess like again like it's basically true until it's not or until okay. it's disproven yeah i feel like this um this episode is is well i would say even rebels uh really is has been opening those doors for mandalorian culture and i know we uh joked around um with Lindsay being a fandalore but <laughs> I really want to just like pick your brain on like old legends stuff that came out and then what they're going to put out in the future. Cause we know they're going to head that way. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, Mike. I want to know if, if they're different aliens or if they're just, you know, uh, just different people on different planets. Who knows? Yeah. It's definitely going to be really interesting to see um, what happens in later episodes because i'm hoping we're going to obviously it was alluded that we're going to see more i hope we do i agree like i i wonder if we're actually going to go to mandalore by the end of this season you know mm-hmm. what did you think of uh tristan her brother um i th- i thought it was okay it w- he wasn't really he didn't really add too much depth to anything um i, I just think he had a really cool moment though where he actually it looked like he was turning on Sabine again and then turned the gun back. But other than that, I, I feel like he really didn't add too much depth. Um, and even Gen- I, I think dash star kind of ruined me a little bit. Cause I watched his, his uh, reaction to this uh, episode, but even the name Tristan like didn't sound Mandalorian Mandalorian to me also. Like I kind of agree with him there, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was just a meh, character. He he was generic brother dude. I I mean I liked him, but he was I didn't I didn't feel a particular attachment to him. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I actually didn't realize it was her brother at first. I thought it was going to be like an ex boyfriend kind of thing. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it wasn't clear until she was like, "Hey, brother," and I was like, yeah, "Oh, exactly, exactly." Oh, sorry, I was going to say I I think the uh, ex boyfriend move would have been a better move for rebels to do just to kind of mess with Ezra a little bit. I I think they should have gone that way, but I guess it's there. I mean, the only, the only, the only reason it would have gone, like it should have gone that way would be if like they are a couple, but since we haven't got really any, any indication that they've gotten closer as a couple and still kind of brother and sistery. Mm -hmm. I I think it's fine that he's, I would have, now, I think it would have been really interesting if he did truly choose the other side. Yeah, that would have been really interesting if he had done that. 
I'm kind of surprised. I'm surprised, but not surprised her mom did. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like her. Her mom was kind of a weird character to read. Like, I couldn't tell at first, like where her anger was coming from. Mm-hmm. I guess, and it, it it really seemed like she hated Sabine at first. Then it turned into like kind of like okay like i'm more mad that you left kind of thing yeah i think there was just a lot of built up resentment and frustration over the fact that like regardless of why sabine left and regardless if what she did was on purpose or not you know with the imperial weapon it still had long-lasting effects on her family and i think I know it's her mom and her mom has to be the mature one, but even so Sabine left and was able to not face those cons. Obviously like Sabine was having to deal with a lot of things on her own, but her mother didn't know about any of that. And so her mother had to deal with all of the consequences of what Sabine's actions brought not just not just her mom though but her dad remember he's her her yeah her her dad her whole family her whole clan had to deal with what sabine's actions caused so that's a lot of pressure and a lot of tension on one person and so she's trying to balance and in the end it's your kid but if you're the head of a clan your clan comes before your fan your your kid in some sometimes i so i think some of her frustrations and anger was coming over the fact that like she loves her kid but it's clan so what do you choose i feel like they've at least kept to continuity here with Hera's dad because uh, he kind of did the same thing a little bit like where he chose a little bit more of Hera than his own clan at one point mm-hmm. um but yeah like you're right Lindsay. uh your mother first uh, sometimes even though you want to lead a certain people to certain uh, protection and, and safety. But yeah, the little flip flop back and forth was, was interesting for her character, but uh, yeah, she was hard to read. And I think uh, a little bit was the voice acting was very kind of cold to me. Um, the accent, but I think it's funny that uh, everybody was expecting her to be somebody else. Um, they weren't really expecting her to be uh, Ursa. They were expecting her to be root cast uh, from the Darth Maul comics. So like the only the only reason I don't want it to be someone we already know is because then we have that problem of it's too small a galaxy. Like it's cool that it's a new character and the little bit I liked that uh, they dropped again in rebels recon was that uh, Sabine's father took Ursa's last because she was, because friends were stronger clan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that little uh, history. That I thought was that was cool. interesting. Yeah, I liked that as well. And that would make sense. I mean, it's almost, it reminds me almost of like Viking culture. Not like, I mean, it's more about name and power as opposed to gender. And one of the things I really liked about her mom and the line that really, I really, I, I really liked her mom. Uh, and one of the things I really liked about her mom is she rightfully pointed out to her, to Sabine that no one else did was, you know, everybody was like, well, you have the dark saber and you can unite the people and blah, blah, blah. And so, and she flat out asked Sabine, did you win it? How did you get it? 
And Sabine was like, well, I got it from Darth Maul. Like, and she's like, okay, yeah. so you beat Darth Maul. And she's like, no, not really. And she's like, okay, then it, you didn't earn it. Like you, it is not yours. Someone can take it away. You can't use it to unite the people because you did not win it in battle. I, That's yeah, not, I, and I thought that was such a good point. I, so it important. was, I, I really liked that part because it, it was a great point. Like, she didn't technically earn it. She just literally stole it. Yeah, she was. I liked that her mother was like, Newsflash, hun, that's you can't use that. You can't claim to be the uniter of Mandalore with this because you don't have you didn't win it. And that's not how the man any Mandalore is going to listen to you. Yeah, <laughs> like, honey, that's you. yeah, and you're the, still a child. The way she delivered the line was very wish washy, like it wasn't confident, so. Mm-hmm. It totally fit. It was it was a good point. And then by the end of the episode, she did earn it, and that was and that was good. Yeah, but it's interesting though too that um, even though she did earn it, she doesn't want it. You know. Yeah. She she's looking for the person to carry that, and I I think that's uh, where the season's going to go, especially with confirmation that this voice actress is coming back, and we were talking about it, um, but Bo Katan. I think that's where it's Please. going to go. Yeah, I was I promised mean, my that's, Bo-Katan. <laughs> that's, really, that's really the logical choice. I mean, as um, as uh, Star Wars explained, ex- you know, explained it, you know, she's got the royal blood. She's got the, you know, the, you know, love of the people, essentially. Like, she's, she's going to be the one you, you should go to for this kind of thing. I, I personally thought it was going to be Fen Rao, but that's probably because he was literally standing right there. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's going to turn around and hand it to him real quick. Mm-hmm. I think he's but. too tainted with what, you know, everything that, I mean, obviously we don't know what Bo-Katan's been doing in this time. Well, obviously we'll find out since she will be back, but with the protectors and the loss of protectors and I, I don't think he'd want it. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing is like he that could really bring him some prestige back, um, having lost all of his clan, like in the protectors and everything. Um, I mean, that would be his one shot of redemption. Mm-hmm. But that's not only redemption, that's like becoming the whole leader. And I don't know if he wants that. He 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 never seemed to indicate that. He's always. He, I mean, he was so adamant about trying to get Sabine to do this. He never made any indication that that's something he wanted for himself. I like his role though, where it's going. I feel like he's like, like Jora, mentor. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. He's like Jora, who has all this information, uh, and it's kind of like a wanderer now, just because like his clan got destroyed by Gar Saxon, you know. Um, so I kind of like his position. I think it's a better position than leadership. So I, I kind of like where they're heading with him, like kind of him being like the right hand man, you mm-hmm. know, just because he's got so much knowledge. Like he knew like the back of his hand, the history of the dark saber, the way he described that to Kanan, like just says a lot about him. No, you, that's a good point. Like he's literally the Jorah, uh, from game of Thrones to, to her Daenerys. Um, yeah. Not that she's going to be the ruler because she's said multiple times she doesn't want to be. I mean, it would be interesting if she 
decided like all of a sudden like changed her mind to become the ruler but i don't think i don't think that's actually what's going to happen and then going back like it's most likely going to be bo-katan because mm-hmm. why else would you bring her back I can't, yeah, I can't think of another reason. It'll be interesting if she can, I mean, and Sabine can work with her and under her, which would be really interesting. And then, yeah, it's, there's a lot of options that can go with this that I think are, are really interesting on the Mandalore side. I liked the fact that Sabine, Sabine had to do the fight with uh, Ezra's lightsaber, which was awesome because that's not yeah, something I really we wanted expected. To talk about yeah, uh, yeah, did not expect her to take uh, uh, Ezra's lightsaber. Well, I mean, he gave it to her so she could fight, so she could fight Gar Saxon with the dark saber. Like that was really cool, and then that was literally how she had earned it in that sense. Like it, it was a technicality because he stole the dark saber, so he didn't really earn it. Right. But she defeated Gar Saxon and basically won it in that sense. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. I did oh. think it was really cool when Ursa shot Gar Saxon. Oh, yeah. That was a perfect setup. Perfect. See, I thought what was going to happen was like her brother, since her brother was walking towards her, I thought her brother was going to take the bullet for her and then same. like. Same here. Like I just the way that shot played out, I really thought that was uh, Tristan's, you know, I took a bullet for you moment. Well, see, well, you know what I liked about the fight is uh, because it, it did bother me a little bit that, you know, a warrior like Gar Saxon could get defeated by Sabine, who's what? She's still a teenager, essentially, and just learned how to fight from Kanan a couple days ago, but like, I like that she used her tools. That was like something that Kanan pushed on her. So she used that little shield that she had. Uh, she also used that little, uh, device that kind of, uh, disabled the rocket pack. So she used like her tools to her advantage. Would, that was something I really liked about the fight. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was interesting that the ice kept cracking, but that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, it felt like the ice was going to crack and we were going to get that like trope of someone's going to fall through the ice, but it never happened. Or like they're going to have to fight on different pieces of ice, a la like different things of lava. <laughs> yeah. Um, and didn't her jetpack get hit at some point? Yeah. Her jetpack got hit. So she eventually got to hit his jetpack. So he couldn't fly anymore. Cause he was taking her, he was really had her at a disadvantage when she couldn't fly and he could, and she eventually was able to take out his jetpack. Yeah. And it like, it felt like that was probably going to go somewhere else too, but it didn't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It, there was a lot of like misdirection in this fight, which was cool because it kept you guessing. Overall I, overall, I liked it. Can we talk about, uh, Gar Saxon's position? Oh, yeah. So we kind of got uh, the recanonization of Emperor Hands. So, yeah. It's a little different than uh, than the traditional Emperor's Hand. You know, a lot more public. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What do you think? Like, do you think it's... I the way I, the way I interpreted it was rather than saying, like, he is the Emperor's Hand, like, as a special agent, I... More as like a turn point, like he's the emperor's hand in the sense that he does stuff. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it. Uh, I think he probably does stuff for the emperor, and there might be multiple emperor's hands. Because it, I think it would be strange to have. I, I have a feel. I don't. I think it would be strange to have a Mandalorian as the emperor's hand. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think there's multiple. But even in uh, the old legend stuff, it was force sensitive, and so they kind of lessened it with Gar Saxon. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and apparently there is a reason that he is an emperor's hand. Uh, that's discussed in the Son of Dathomir comic that I haven't read, so <laughs> I'll have to read that for a little bit more background on Gar Saxon. Uh, can I talk about the other thing in the room that I thought was kind of curious? Do. Where's Hera? Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, Hera seemed like she kind of took a little uh, trip to the sidelines again. Along uh, with Zeb. Which is kind of a, <laughs> kind of a bummer. Uh, because it feels like it's been a while since we've seen Hera really do anything. Um, yeah. But it, it really hasn't. It's only been probably two episodes because she was in so much of uh, uh, Ghost of Geonosis. No, but what did she do in Ghost of Geonosis? I mean, she flew the ghost and, you know, did that cool fly, you know, flying up at the Star Destroyer, saving the day as usual. But, I mean, I, I get what you mean. Like, it's yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess my main issue, like, Ghost of Geonosis was good. I guess my main issue is that, like, she had her one big episode this season so far, but like even when she's around, like she's usually doing relatively minor. Like she does she'll occasionally have like a big moment. But like compare I mean, Zeb usually doesn't I mean, let's be honest, like out of all of the characters, Zeb is usually the one that's pushed the sidelines more than anybody. Uh but I just feel like lately she's really been kind of pushed off and just not around ever. And if she is in an episode, she might have like two or three lines, but then she doesn't do anything like she's off. I mean, I understand that she has like more, she's got more responsibilities and she's doing more, you know, management type things, I guess. But it's just, I think it's really interesting that they haven't really addressed that. Like they don't even talk. They don't even talk about it. No, you're right. Like in, but again, I like, I think it just goes back to that. She's got other things to do now. Um, we kind of got that idea when she got the promotion last season. Yeah. She so, has uh, general things to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not, not yet, but she's, uh, definitely doing some on the job training for that. But I mean, I, I will, I feel like we'll see more of her, you know, as, as we, as the season draws to a close in the next, you know, couple episodes. Yeah, I really hope so. Because I like her a lot, and I miss her. (laughs) My other complaint of this episode, by the way, since you complained about something, Lindsay, uh, (laughs) was uh, Ezra's humor. So lame. (laughs) I did not like it in this episode. I mean, I I liked him. I thought, you know, I thought his, you know, like, whoa, whoa, hey, just saying hi. Uh, Like the intro uh, one, though, he was like, uh, oh, you're serious. Like, yeah, yeah. it annoyed me, so. I mean, I guess he is kind of like the annoying little brother. I mean, you could say he got a icy reception because <laughs> it's a nice planet. Yeah, you yeah, know. I got that. And then let's talk about the last big thing here. 
Sabine deciding to stay behind on the planet? Like, what do you think that is going to do for the you know rest of the season? Like, because not only her, like Fen Rouse stayed too. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're down not only like two Mandalorians, like we're down like our weapons expert. I think we'll still see her uh, probably towards the end of the uh, season here, which we're very, oh, yeah, very close to. But yeah, um, I don't, I don't doubt, I don't doubt that we're going to see her again any like soon. Yeah, I'm just saying like we've at least got four episodes though. But I was going to say I called it. I, I said she was going to leave the the rebels to do something with her people eventually, and I just didn't think it would happen this quick. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a bit of a shock to me. But I, I, I felt like it was coming. I just wasn't prepared for when it was coming. So I, I think I was a little shocked. Yeah. Do you think that we will get a replacement for her? Or that we'll just have uh, no Spectre 5 for the for a couple episodes? I hope we don't get a replacement. Unless it's somebody we already know. Like, who could it be anyone else? Like trying to think like who else could it be i mean i can't think of anybody to be honest like if any like maybe ketsu but probably not ketsu darth maul writer yeah <laughs> writer Azadi. what about those weird kids that were kind of annoying that were in that episode that i can't remember any of their oh, names iron, iron squadron yeah <laughs> Or maybe like, it's clear Rex. that I really enjoyed those kids. Obviously, <laughs> Rex, could, uh, Rex could come around for uh, you know a little bit longer. No, mm-hmm. th- they're going to be replaced. Oh, they're going to replace her with the Ugnots. So it's going to be like Spectre five point uh, one, Spectre five point gotcha. two. Melch, <laughs> Melch is going to join the crew. Yeah, I genuinely can't think. And I mean, I don't think they necessarily need somebody. I think they're just going to be down and watch. It, it'll be interesting to watch them having to adapt to that. No, I agree. Like I, I, I I'm kind of intrigued to see where they go from here. You know? Well, I think that is going to just about do it for this episode. Overall, what did you guys think? Um, I, I liked it. Um, I'm I actually ended up liking it more when we're talking about it, which often happens. Uh, <laughs> I would give this episode like an eight. No, no, I'm going to knock it down to a seven. I'm going to go seven. <laughs> All right, Ernie. Uh, I thought it was a six point five. There was some good content, but um, I my, my biggest complaint of this whole season, I think, is just that they've been doing this whole build up thing, and then like the payoff hasn't paid off yet. And I feel like part one of this episode was pretty intense and had some really good build up, and then I felt like this build up or at least this payoff wasn't as good for me, but that's just my opinion. So maybe like a 6.5. I, I hear you. Um, I think I'm at a seven with this one too. I think it was a good comeback for the season. Um, I kind of wish that this particular episode would have been a two parter, mm-hmm. but, but overall I'm, I'm excited and you know, it's got me pumped for the rest of the season. So yeah, well guys, I think that is going to actually finishly officially do it for this episode. Now, um, if you guys want to talk to us more about this episode, if you think we missed anything, please shoot us a tweet at ghost stories pod on Twitter. Uh, if you want to talk to us individually, you can hit me up at 
It's The Rocketeer. That's I-T-S, The Rocketeer. Spectre 8, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Betty, that's B-E-T-T-I-E, Bloodshed, uh, and also on Twitter at SDCC Nerds Attack. And Spectre 9. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at YeahBuddyErnie. We are part of the Random Chatter Network, so... Go on over to randomchatter.com to see all of the content that we've got there. Lots of cool stuff. And uh, the site was just redesigned, so now it's easier to find uh, some of the shows that you want. It's uh, broken up into categories now, so entertainment, uh, Star Wars for all the Star Wars content that we've got there, um, and all the TV show podcasts, which this one is technically a TV show podcast, but it falls into the Star Wars category. So, yeah. but until then guys we also have our own uh itunes feed now i don't know if you guys caught that with our last episode but we are officially on itunes on our own feed now so head on over there and you know like subscribe and please review let us know you know i know we're you know a lot of episodes into the show already but um we'd love it if you went back and let us know what you think and uh if we get a season four, which technically hasn't been announced yet, but is totally going to happen. And I'm pretty sure this announcement's going to happen at celebration, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let us know. Uh, also, uh, don't forget to catch us uh, on the other show, Mike, uh, the retro convo. Uh, and recently we just put up a YouTube video. So uh, go like, and subscribe that video. Yeah. First, uh, I video, uh, pretty cool i interviewed a couple people at the recent long beach Pump expo uh, so check that out as well but until then guys we'll see you next time